Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO, and uh, very pleased today and honored to have in the studio uh, Dr. David Pierce. He is the Executive Vice President of Research for Sanford Health and uh, really is overseeing a lot of what's going on at the uh, ever-growing Sanford Health uh, uh, research arm. Uh, Dr. Pierce, uh, thank you very much for being here today. Glad to be here. Uh, you now uh, came to Sanford several years ago now, but how, what was your path to Sioux Falls, sir? Yeah, so um, I've been here for eight years now. Um, I was at the University of Rochester School of Medicine uh, in New York and uh, had a large research lab that uh, worked on a rare children's disease called Batten disease. It's an inherited disease that robs children of their lives. And uh, my research led to the first ever clinical trial uh, that could potentially make an impact in slowing down uh, that disease. That was around about the same time that Stanford um, had made a decision to grow its research program, and um, we're all ambitious, and I was uh, in, in, on the cusp of really making a huge impact on one children's disease, and I wanted to make a bigger impact. Um, and someone said, hey, there's this place in South Dakota. They, they want to build a children's research program. You'll be perfect for them. And it turns out I have been. So, uh, you know, we've made a lot of progress. And uh, as we'll discuss uh, in the next few minutes, you know, we've got a lot of programs that impact many of our patients, not just children, but adults as well. Yeah. So you were working on uh, uh, Batten's disease. And now what if, if you can explain that to the folks, what is that? And does it relate then to type 1 diabetes, which is what we all know Sanford initially took on? Yeah, so Batten disease is it's a, it's a rare brain disease. It's this. So let me take a step back to explain it. So mm-hmm. uh, we, we're all made up of 3.2 billion base pairs, a genetic code you hear about the human genome. It's, it's a, a computer code. Um, we all carry mistakes in that code. Um, but that's okay because we have two copies of that code. We have to, you know, that's how we become moms and dads. You know, part mm-hmm. of the 50% of the DNA comes from mom, 50% comes from dad. So here's the thing. We have mistakes that we carry in one, one side of that DNA. If your partner has the same mistake in that DNA, then a child can basically get that mistake twice. So that's what we call our inherited disease because obviously as a carrier, mom and dad will be fine. But if mom and dad both have a defect and, and that goes to the child, then they're missing a piece of that DNA. When I say it's a mistake, it's not working properly. Mm-hmm. So that's genetic diseases, and there's a lot of rare diseases out there. Cystic fibrosis is one that fits into that. That's one that many people have heard of. Batten disease, you know, fortunately, if you haven't heard of it, that means it hasn't impacted your life because Batten disease is this. A child has inherited a defective copy or mistake in the DNA from both of their parents, which will result in a disease where they will lose their vision. Mm-hmm. They will lose their ability to walk, their ability to speak. They'll forget your name. They'll have seizures, they'll end up in a vegetative state, and they will die. Hmm. Um, that's kind of a worthy cause to research and work on correcting that uh, mistake, and that's what my research program uh, was when I was moved to Sanford, and still is. Um, and uh, you know, a wonderful scientist at Sanford, Jill Weimer, you've probably heard mm-hmm. a little bit about this, had a gene therapy uh, study where um, uh, one way to fix that DNA defect is to use a virus to correct that. You basically put the right piece of DNA or the right piece that's missing from that child into a virus. And just like a cold virus, it spreads throughout the body and, and has a corrective it's function. Fascinating. So type 1 diabetes is a little bit more of a complicated uh, story. Um, 
what I just described is, is we know what causes band disease. Diabetes is slightly different. We know what the problem in diabetes is. We know that um, the immune system in individuals that have type 1 diabetes decides to attack the pancreas. The pancreas is the one organ in the body that secretes something called insulin. Insulin is what regulates glucose in your body, mm-hmm. keeps it at a basal level and makes sure it's metabolized so you can do all the energetic things that you need to do. If you're not producing insulin, insulin builds up and is toxic and will kill you. So individuals with type 1 diabetes have to take injections of insulin because the immune system has destroyed the one cell in the pancreas that produces insulin. So um, we've made phenomenal progress with that. We have a clinical trial right now uh, where we basically think the immune system uh, problem that has been identified. So we take a blood sample from from an adolescent just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Uh, we take a type of cell out of it called a T regulatory cell. So regulatory means it's regulating the immune system. And there's a deficiency in type 1 diabetics of this cell. So we go back to our geeky science uh, background and we culture those cells, grow them up, and then reinfuse them back into the children. So we're midway through a clinical trial, uh, which the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, so the government arm that regulates this, have elevated to, to the highest status, fast-track status, of any type 1 diabetes clinical trial uh, that's ever been performed in the United States. Well, that's amazing. Uh, we're here with Dr. David Pierce. He's Executive Vice President of Research at Sanford Health, and we're talking about uh, his work on Batten's disease and uh, uh, the broader mission of Sanford Research. Um, so uh, getting back to type 1 diabetes then, uh, that's what the, when, when the gift came down and, and Sanford started their, their research project, that's what was identified as the mission, type 1 diabetes, which is was different from type 2 diabetes, of course, but uh, the, the mission was to cure it, which everybody at the time said that seems... like impossible mission how is it in within reach if you don't set aggressive goals then um you'll never achieve anything particularly in research um why would you say we're going to set about and try Mm -hmm. cure diabetes so are we getting there so the the, the trial that i just described um is the first that really has the ability to stop that immune attack and destroying the cells now cure is a very strong word right now, in the individuals that have just diagnosed, if we can stop the immune system destroying the pancreas, then obviously they can will still have some pancreas left to secrete insulin, and they should be fine. Individuals who've lived with type 1 diabetes for many years, well, the immune system has already destroyed the pancreatic beta cells. So the next approach is can we regenerate those cells? And uh, that's the, the other basic science that we're doing right now. When I say basic, that's preclinical science. That's in animal studies right now. Uh, because if we can stop the immune system uh, destroying the pancreas, we still need to rebuild the pancreas in many individuals with type 1 diabetes. So the earlier you are, can diagnose somebody and start the the process the better chance you have absolutely that simple that's for every disease i mean really uh the premise is the earlier you diagnose the earlier you can put a corrective nature in there and then get to the the bigger picture is is really if you can prevent a disease uh and that's really where a lot of research is taking us right now if you can actually diagnose a disease or know that you're susceptible to develop a disease you can maybe prophylactically treat that disease and stop it ever happening so uh, now you're uh, the head of research at Sanford. So you get up in the morning, and then what happens? So I go to the gym every morning, Sanford Wellness Center, and uh, work out. 
Uh, and I do that obviously to stay in shape because I have a busy life. Mm -hmm. um, but because I like to drink beer sometimes <laughs> as well. Um, but also, it's, it, first thing in the morning, it helps you clear your mind. You, mm -hmm. when, you know, when you're just working out what's my day ahead. And also, uh, as a, someone who's really a scientist, but also an administrator, you know, those ideas pop into your head. Uh, and that's an interesting thing. You've read something the night before, or had a discussion with somebody a few days, and it, you know, it, you know, you're getting a bit older, so it takes a few days to permeate <laughs> into your your head. And working out is a great way. So, so I work out, come in uh, to the office, put the kettle on, and make a cup of tea. Uh, retain that Englishness there, and then uh, my day can vary from meeting uh, with physicians about uh, new ideas for clinical trials, new partnerships, and collaborations. Um, one interesting thing, though, is which is very unique to Sanford is as the leader of research, I'm part of the corporate leadership team mm -hmm. uh, for the health system, which is very unusual to have the research at front and center in terms of how is this organization going to be in the next month, three months, six months, 12 months, you know, a few years. I mean, it's very forward thinking of, uh, by our CEO, Kelby. So that also involves a lot of meetings. I'm in a lot of meetings. Yeah. I have a great assistant that uh, leads me around. I follow my cell phone around in terms of the meetings. Yeah. Uh, but it's good because, you know, Sanford is such an integrated system. You know, meetings because why we've been successful, particularly with clinical trials, is is that I sit at that table and work with the clinical operations sometimes. Mm -hmm. You can't put a new treatment into an individual if you don't have a partnership with the health system itself. And that's the truly unique part of Stanford Research. Do you get to go into the lab then much anymore? I still do have a small lab. Um, one of my proudest moments this last year was is uh, my last student, because I don't have time to mentor students anymore, but uh, I've, my last student, so my 12th, gained a PhD uh, with me. Um, so I have a couple of senior scientists that still do some research programs. Um, but uh, they'll tease me a little bit saying if they've moved the lab around a little bit, I probably wouldn't notice. <laughs> so you were involved with uh, the, the med school as well, the University of South Dakota Med School, doing some uh, partnering with them because that's part of Sanford. Yeah, Sanford so we have well. a number of partnerships with them. So I, I meet with the dean, Mary Nettleman, on a regular basis uh, because we have a number of partnerships. That I think one of the more successful ones is is that the graduate program where we do have students that come in to do a PhD. Uh, we've partnered with them for a PhD program. And a shout out for SDSU is we have a, a, a joint PhD program with uh, South Dakota State. As and well. what are they studying for those PhDs? So the PhD with USD uh, School of Medicine can be in what we call biomedical sciences and with SDSU a PhD in biochemistry. Got it. Um, and But you're not going to do that anymore. But other people are continuing to do that work for you. We, exactly. You know, we've got from gone since I've been here uh, for that eight-year period. Sanford Research has grown from that 65 individuals to the 450 that I talked about. That's amazing. Um, you, uh, uh, We're here with Dr. David Pierce. He is Executive Vice President of Research at Sanford Health on Information 1000 KSOO. Um, but this, the work you're doing, you've touched on it a little bit. It's more than diabetes. Um, give us some examples of some of the other projects that you're involved with. Yeah. Bottom line is any research at Sanford uh, has to be patient-centric in terms of it's going to make an impact, whether it's still at the bench in that dish, something that could be potentially be curative uh, for an individual with a type of disorder. Uh, is very important to us, uh, to the to the clinical trials that I talked about. So one of the clinical trials that we uh, are at the forefront of um, right now is in adipose-derived stem cells or fat-derived stem cells. So despite working out, I have a bit of a midrib here in terms of some fat. 
embedded in those cells are uh, embedded in that fat are stem cells. So we can take some of those and we have a clinical trial right now that we've just closed recruitment for where we're the first in the United States where we've taken literally just sucked some of that fat out uh, dissolved really all of the fat away to, so we could collect those stem cells and they've been injected into a rotator cuff tear of patients with a small rotator cuff mm -hmm. tear on the basis that if this is a viable option to avoid surgery. Um, you know, stem cells gets a bad rap sometimes. Well, I just described you as taking something from my own body. Right. By the uh, way, I have plenty of to contribute if you need any okay, more. Okay, but taking that you can take these cells from your own body and because they have a regenerative capacity and a healing capacity, put them in another part of the body. It's like Tommy John surgery in baseball. Right. You take a piece from here and put it there. Amazing. Uh, we're here with Dr. David Pierce. He is Executive Vice President of Research at Sanford Health, and we've been talking about type 1 diabetes and Batten's disease, and we're going to go into more about Sanford's mission right after this short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.